0: We now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word, I believe His word, and I live by His word. Christ is my master, and to Him I am. In absolute surrender in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. In the last two months or so, I've run into many young people whom I was talking to personally, who asked the same question: How do I find out what I'm supposed to be doing in life? What am I supposed to be living for? What am I supposed to be doing? What is God's plan? God's purpose for my life. And since there were so many of these same recurring questions from young people, I said, okay, it's, it's time we talked about this in the Sunday morning service, uh, not only for the benefit of the young people, but also for those who are, you know, probably uh, 10 years into their professional life, maybe 20 years. Uh, and at some point, you're just saying, hey, I need to figure out what God wants me to do How do I go about doing that? How do I develop a life plan, etc.? So this morning, we're going to talk about life dream and life plan. Life dream and life plan. This is not a new topic. It's not a new subject. I've been preaching on it since 93. So I've preached on it so many times, so many different places, over and over again. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to use this little book, cover some things in chapters 1 and 2. And uh, this will encourage each one of us how to get our life dream and to develop a life plan in order to fulfill that dream for our lives. I will call out the page numbers, etc. so that you can follow along with me. Those of you watching us online, you can go to our church website. And if you look on the publication section, you'll find this book. Uh, Fulfilling God's purpose, so you can download that and follow along. Let's turn to page 4, 1.3 that God has a specific plan for each one of us. It's so important for all of us to have a deep conviction in our hearts that God has a plan for my life. I'm not on this world as an accident. I'm not here by chance. My life is is not something that has a meaningless existence. No. God has a dream. God has a plan. God has a purpose for my life. If you look at some scripture here, in Psalm 139 and verse 16, the psalmist said, Your eyes, as God's eyes, saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. So some is saying, you know, God, you saw me while I was being formed in my mother's womb. And in your book, all the days of my life were actually written out. Meaning to tell us that God actually taught through our entire life, you enough. Or God has a plan, a purpose, a dream... For your life, you're on earth. And this took place even before our first day on earth. Even before we were born. God had a plan for your life. I like to say this. God has a dream, a plan for your life. He has places that He wants you to go. He has people that He wants you to meet. He has lives that He wants you to touch. And He has things that He wants you to do. Amen. He's got it sorted out for you and me. He's got a plan for our lives. Paul put, the apostle Paul lived with this conviction in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. He says, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus laid a hold of me. He says, you know, I haven't finished my race. I'm not completed this race. I'm pressing on. I'm, I'm striving to push forward for what? I want to lay hold of that for which Jesus laid a hold of me. When the Lord Jesus touched you, He touched you for a reason, for a purpose. A that for which, which He had in mind. Amen? And so we have to live our lives with this conviction that I want to lay hold of that for which, for which Jesus laid a hold of me. Amen? And not just, you know, Okay, let's do what everybody else is doing. You graduate, you get married, and then you have children. Then you have a ho- I mean, you have a home, and, and, and then you just live out a few years and you die. And... No, 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 no. You got to live for that for which Jesus laid a hold of you. It's got to be a burning passion in each of us. In Ephesians chapter two and verse ten, this very interesting verse, Paul writes for us. He says. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you know? There are good works that God has already planned for your life. He's planned it ahead of time. And he wants you and me just to walk in it. Amen? You know, so God is not waking up every morning and saying, Oh man, let me figure out what should, what should I tell Georgie that he should do today. Let me figure it out. You know, what should I tell Steve? And what should I tell uh, uh, Naveen? You know, God is not like that. He's already planned ahead of time. Good works. Things that He wants you to do. You to accomplish. He's already figured it out. All you and I have to do is sort of discover that and then walk in it. Execute it here on earth. Amen. So we must live with this deep conviction. With this burning passion. That the reason of my existence is to fulfill God's dream for my life. That's why I'm here for. Amen. Every day you wake up. So God, I know you've got places for me to go. You've got lives for me to touch. You've got things for me to do. You've got it plan and I want to live for that. Amen? Got to have that burning passion or conviction in our hearts that that's why we live. Now, on page 5, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, Paul tells us this, that God has saved us and He has called us with a holy calling. Not according to our good works. Not according to our works. Not based on our achievements. But according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Notice what he says. He says, God called us for what? He called us according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Jesus even before the world began There is purpose, there is grace Already given to you Amen Already given So like I don't know my purpose Don't worry it's inside you It's been given to you Amen Purpose That is dream Grace Empowerment Enablement to fulfill that purpose In the Bible you'll find these three key words Purpose, grace and gift God For every purpose that he calls you, he gives you the grace, the empowering to do it. And he gives you the gifting, or the giftings, the gifts needed to fulfill that purpose. And it's there for everyone sitting here. For every believer, it's there. It's already given to you in Jesus Christ. Now if you haven't discovered it, that's not God's fault. But the fact is, in Jesus, purpose and grace and gift. Has been given to each one of us already. Amen. Now some things about. So this this plan that God has for your life. We call it life dream. You take God's purpose. Make it your dream. That's life dream. Your life dream. What is your life dream? To make. To be what God wants me to be. To do what God wants me to do. His purpose is my dream. It's my life dream. Amen? Now, how can you make sure that that life dream is from God? Here's one nice indicator. If you are the hero of that dream, it's very likely not God's dream. (laughs) Any dream that makes you the superstar, just take it for granted. It's not God's dream. But if that dream exalts God, if that dream sees um, lives being blessed, our uh, values and purposes being accomplished on the earth, then it's very likely it's from God. Amen? So just do a quick check, you know, am I the superstar? No, we as kids, we have this, you know, these dreams. I want to be the next messy, messy squared, you know. Or I want to be the next Sachin, Sachin cubed, you know. I want to do it th- 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 That you are the hero. Most likely not God's. But if it's a dream that blesses people, extends His kingdom, brings value to society, to the world, then you can take it. It's likely God is inspiring you to do something. Amen? Now, some other things about the dream that God gives you. One is this, that the unveiling of that dream is progressive. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, the Bible tells us this. The path of the righteous is like the shining sun that shines brighter and brighter unto the noonday. So our journey, our path is like the shining sun. You know, so at the break of day, when night is just passing and day is beginning to come in, the sun's about to rise... Uh, There is some visibility, but it's not very clear. You have general, you can see, you know, there's a building there, there's a building there, the road here. You kind of general, things are visible, it's not absolutely clear. But then as the sun rises and uh, hits noonday, everything is perfectly clear. And the Bible says, the path of the righteous is like that. So when you and I begin this journey of discovering God's plan, saying, God, when you made me in my mother's womb, you designed me, you programmed me with certain things in my life. There was purpose, grace and gift designed into who I was being formed into. Right then and there. But today, at whatever age you are, twenty. 30, 40, 50, whatever age you are As you dis- determine To discover that purpose It's not automatically Going to be absolutely clear You'll have Some sense This is what God wants me to do And as you Begin to move on that path It's going to become clearer And clearer Amen Amen the path of the righteous is like the shining sun that shines brighter and brighter and brighter unto the noonday. The important thing for all of us is that at some point in our lives, we've got to get onto that path and say, okay God, I want to live for your plan and your purpose. I want to journey. From this time on, I want to live the rest of my life to fulfill that dream that you have for the remainder of my life. I want to live for that. Amen? A couple of other things about the dream that God has for you or God, the plan that God has for us in page 6. Let's run through some of these things. So, we must be convinced that God's plan for us is always good. That's page 6. God's plan for us is always good. See, God's not here to destroy our lives. With God, you are maximized as an individual. Amen. You reach your full potential with the walking of God, the power of His Spirit and His Word. You reach your full potential. You be the best you can become, the best God wants you to be. With God, His plans for us is always good. One point five. We must cooperate with God to fulfill His plan. Now, some of us, uh, you know, have this idea that, well, if it's God's will, it just happens automatically. Not always true. Things that He has planned for the human race will happen. But the, on, on, on their own accord, he, he will make them happen. But things for your life, my life, very specifically, we must cooperate with God, work hand in hand with God, journey with God into their fulfillments, Because we are human beings that, who have been endowed with the free will, the freedom of choice. If I want to, or if you want to, we can choose to go astray, go into our own ways. And God's not going to strike you down with fire and brimstone and saying, you wavered sinner. He's just going to let you go. It's your choice. Amen. He may intercept, and He will definitely intercept by sending in people who try to speak into your life and bring you back on the right path. But... Essentially, we must cooperate with God, work with God to see the fulfillment of His dreams, His purposes for our lives. 1.6, we must discover and pursue God's plan for our lives. So that's our responsibility. God has already planned it. He's got a dream for you. He's got things He's already planned plan that He wants you to walk into. But now, you and I must pray and discover that plan. And as we begin to get a sense of what God wants us to do, then it's our responsibility to plan towards it. That is called life plan. So you have a life dream, but you also need to have a life plan. For example, some of you sitting here might say, you know, I believe that God wants me to... um, Go to Jammu and, you know, start a business and rescue all those people there. Or do something wonderful there. True. Maybe that's God's dream for your life. But it's not going to happen by you sitting here and just hoping it's going to happen. You've got, once you get God's life dream for you, you need a life plan. How are you going to get there? Because you've got to work with God. How are you gonna get there? What's, what business are you gonna start? What do you need to start that business? Uh, who are the people you need to work with, etc. Cetera, etc.? Cetera. You've got to have your plan for the next five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, whatever. Amen. Pastor, I can't see beyond tomorrow. <laughs> what are you talking about? Five year plan, ten year plan. Come on, Jesus said, lift up your eyes. You know, have a plan. Of where, how we are going to get to that dream, to see it fulfilled, it's our responsibility. Proverbs four and verse twenty six says, "Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established." Ponder the path of your feet. Think about where you're going. Don't tomorrow go, Elisa, Elisa. <laughs> Don't simply go. <laughs> Ponder the path of your feet. Think about where you're going. Develop a life plan. And of course, God has a right to change it, modify it, etc. But you are living purposefully with a plan. And uh, another thing, 1.7 is this, that God will prepare you to fulfill His plan and purpose. That means, although God has a life assignment for you, there'll be interim things that God will want you to do. Which may not always be very pleasant but those things that you do in interim as you're progressing towards that life dream are all a preparation towards that. Amen. Maybe you have a dream of starting a business but you know maybe for 10 years you're working for somebody else. And maybe the person you're working for is Satan incarnate in the business world. And you're like God where did this boss come from? And why am I stuck with him? But maybe in those 10 years of working with him, you know exactly what bosses should not do. These are things they don't teach you in Harvard Business School. <laughs> so those 10 years of working for such a boss is a huge education for you. It's preparation. It's an interim thing, but you learn so much. And it's a preparation for your life assignments. Right? So God will prepare us. For what's up ahead. And we must journey with God through that preparation process. Page number 8. All of us will make mistakes. But God can help us overcome our failures. And help us complete His call. I don't think there's anyone here who would journey through life without making mistakes. You know, we all have some detours that we take. And you know, go off in the the, the directions God really doesn't want us to go. And And as long as we are willing to come back and say, God, get me back on the path. He brings us back. And He sets us going. Here's what I want us to understand. Sometimes we make small mistakes. Those are easy to recover from. But some of us, there will be huge mistakes in life, which may seemingly be impossible to recover from. And, may, and you and I may think that you know, these kind of mistakes are, will ruin our lives forever. But I want you to know that there is a God who is bigger than our biggest mistake. Amen? God is bigger. If our mistakes crippled God, then our mistakes are bigger than God's. Your mistake can never cripple God. This is not an encouragement to go and make mistakes. <laughs> but the point is, if we have already made huge mistakes in our lives and you know, wasted time, energy, money, etc., etc., there is a God who is bigger than our mistakes. He can still help us fulfill His plan, His purpose. 1.9, Satan will do his best to stop us from fulfilling God's purpose. There's an enemy that's going to hinder, try to obstruct, try to distract, try to deviate us from the life dream, the life purpose that God has for our lives. And, and we must be on guard to make sure that no matter what opposition we face, we will still pursue God's plan. We must remain focused on God's call. Don't get distracted, run off into other things. And we must have endurance. Endurance is key because nothing in God's kingdom... Uh, comes easy, the kingdom of God suffers violence So the violence take it by force, amen So we must have endurance The ability to keep pressing, 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 pressing on So that we can reach our desired outcome So, here's the challenge I want to put before all of us I believe all of us are convinced in our hearts That God created each one of us for a specific purpose Amen, there's no doubt about that He designed you, the way He designed you For a purpose But here's a challenge. For us to get an understanding of that life dream and then develop a life plan to get to fulfill that dream. So I want to talk about how to discover God's purpose for our lives. How to recognize it. So that we can then have a life dream that's really God's plan for me. For you. There are nine... Signposts or guideposts that I use, that I find useful. And I've been using this for a long time, and I share it with people. That's what this book contains. There may be many others, many other ways that God speaks to you, and just you just add them to this list. That's perfectly fine. But I want to share with us these nine signposts, these nine guideposts that you and I can use. To get a sense, to get an understanding of what God wants us to do. I use this whether I have to make short-term decisions or whether I have to make long-term decisions. Whether I have to make plans for five years, ten years, twenty years ahead or whether they're decisions right in the immediate, I use these. I'm not saying that I'm always absolutely right. I've made many mistakes and none of us can get it all right the first time. But as we journey with God, we'll begin to understand how to use these signposts or guideposts more accurately so that we can begin to progress in a God's plan. You find this list here on page 12. And let's go through them one by one. And then I'll tell you how to use them a little later on. Page 13. The Word of God. God's Word is the number one signpost or guidepost that God uses in our lives. Now, there is a general instruction and teaching God's Word that all of us follow. We must learn that. But, here's the other thing I want you to be looking for. When you read your Bible, God will quicken certain scriptures. He will quicken certain stories and characters in the Bible. And they will leave a lasting impression on you. That is one way in which God is speaking to you about His plan for your life. Amen? Maybe you read that verse in Matthew 25. In a, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you came to me. When I was hungry, you fed me. Others read it, I say, okay, nice. And they keep moving on. But you read it and you get stuck on those verses. You underline it yellow, you underline it green, you underline it purple, you do everything. Because those verses hit you hard. Naked, you clothed me. Hungry, you fed me. In prison, you visited me. Those verses ignite you. Those verses stir something within you. What is that? God is speaking to you through His word. And saying, that's an indicator of my destiny for you. And so you need to begin to move in that direction of how you can feed the hungry, clothe the naked, rescue the prisoners, or minister to the prisoners. Amen? Or maybe you read about Joseph and how he came up in um, Egypt and, and had influence in that land and began to... You know, influence an entire nation. And the story of Joseph captures you. So I want to be a Joseph. There's something about that, that, that connects with me. I want to be like that. I want to have influence for God in my nation, my city, in my you know, community, whatever. And so that's God telling you. This is what I designed you for. Amen? So as you read the word of God, you will... Understand the general instruction of scripture that all of us must follow But look out for those Those specific things that God inspires in your heart Out of his word It may not affect others, but it affects you That is God giving you an indicator Of his plan, his purpose in your life Amen So sit down Quietly in a place And say, you know I've been reading the Bible For those of you who have If you haven't, start reading but for those of you who have been reading, sit down and say, no, I've been reading the Bible from God's Word. What is it that's really stirring up my spirit? Think about it. Write it down. Or as you do read, your word, read the Word of God, look out for these things. Write them down. God is speaking, saying this is what I designed you for. This is why I created you. The second thing, so on page 16, recognize the seeds in your life. Seeds. Seeds are seemingly insignificant things. But yet they have significant promise and potential for your future. So God is in the habit or the kingdom of God operates like this. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds. Seeds which is sown in the ground. But when it grows, it becomes a huge plant. So God's kingdom works like this. God usually, normally initiates huge things as small seeds. Something small. Sometimes so insignificant that we even neglect or don't even pay attention to. But those seeds are containers of promise and potential for your life, for my life. We've got to look out for those seeds. What do I mean by those seeds? Little things, insignificant things. Why did God send so and so to you in your life? How come you had this opportunity when others didn't? you think it just happened? But no, it was a seed of destiny that God was sowing in your life. Small thing, insignificant thing. Huge doors swing on small hinges. Look out for the small hinges. Why did somebody come and speak into your life? Why did you have the opportunity to meet with some or so and so in person? my look what insignificant. But those are seeds God is putting in your life which are indicative of a promised future for you. Dreams you had as a child, they are seeds. Things that got your attention as a young person Those are seeds Opportunities Experiences These are seeds God has sown in your life Pay attention to them Amen The third guidepost that we have Is on page 18 Recognize the stirring within Now the stirring within is different From the leading of the Holy Spirit Which we will talk about in a few minutes from now the stirring within is has to do with things around you that really agitate you. What are those things around you that get your attention? What are the things around you in your world that agitate you? The problem that, that agitates you indicates, is an indicator what, of what you have been designed to address. Imagine two people they pass by a slum area, the other person closes his nose, closes his eyes, and wants to rush off the place. You're passing by the same slum and you feel stirred inside you. What can I do for these people? You're not thinking about what pastor can do for them. Please. <laughs> that is a stirring, not within a stirring. You're saying, What can I do for them? And you're so stirred about it that you're willing to fit it into your schedule. You're willing to spend your money. You're willing to invest your time. You're willing to go down there and do something about it. That's a stirring within. Amen? The other person didn't care. But it affected you. What is it around you that makes you cry? What is it that's around you? Which For which you are willing to give your life And pay any price to see happen The problem that agitates you Is an indication Of what you've been designed to do In life There's a resonance Pay attention to that Now there's a big difference from emotion And a stirring within Somebody comes and preaches about You know, let's all go to China And there's someone Everybody comes, you know Yes, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me to China. After that, on the way, they stopped at KFC. <laughs> Lord, send me to New York. <laughs> All desire to go to China is gone. See, that's an emotional response to a message or, you know, some pictures you see, whatever. That's an emotional response that doesn't last, but a stirring within. It's something that captures you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You wake up up thinking about it. You are willing to do something about it. You're willing to put your time, your energy and go after it. That's the stirring within. Amen. I think about Nehemiah. There are biblical, biblical examples. Nehemiah is one of the uh, Jewish boys. was away in Babylon and now the part of the Persian Empire. And uh, he was serving there in the king's court. And he heard news about the broken walls of the city of Jerusalem. And every other young Jewish lad in captivity heard about the same thing. It didn't affect them. But for Nehemiah, it stirred him up. I have to do something about the walls of the city of Jerusalem. I have to do something. It affected him so much that his countenance changed. And the king noticed that. And the king said, Nehemiah, what are you going through? What's happening? And Nehemiah said, King, the walls of my city are broken. I need to go do something about it. See, that's the stirring within. And Nehemiah 2 and verse 12, Nehemiah says, this was what God put in my heart. God designed me for this. So what is it that stirs you? What is it that ignites you, that captures your attention, for which you are willing to pay a price? Pay attention to that. Number four. Page 20, recognize the grace and gift given to you. As we mentioned when we began, for every purpose, God gives grace and He also gives gift. It's very important that you recognize your grace and your gift. Because those are indicators of the purpose for which you were designed. Amen? What is grace? It means your ability to be involved in something. You have the empowering to do it. The gifting is your capability to do that, do what is required. For example, I would love to be Matt Redman, Chris Tomlin. But I don't have the grace, nor the gift. So it tells me that's not God's purpose for my life. Very simple. Do you have the grace? Do you have the gift? And one of the best ways to discover your grace and gifts is to get out there and do it. Amen? That's why young people, not young people, all people, get involved. In church. Do something. Start serving here and there. You know, do something. Why? Because as you get out to do things, that's when in the in that process you discover grace and gift. Sitting at home on the couch, you will not discover anything. It's not gonna help. But as you get out there, do something, get your hands wet, dirty, get involved, try things out. No harm, it's a safe environment. As you do things You'll discover grace You'll discover gift If you're like me you would try out at children's church (laughs) And you'll soon discover There is no grace to serve in children's church You'll run back to adult church Because the children harass you (laughs) You Hey, I tried it I'm speaking from experience I can speak to adults But children, man They harass me (laughs) So you immediately discover there is no grace in this area. God, I'll go to areas where I have grace. And gift. So try out. Get involved in different things. Do something. And the areas where you see the grace of God. God is really helping me do this. God has given the gift. Keep moving. and will unfold the purpose of God for your life. But if you're sitting and doing nothing, you may sit for 20 years. And the purpose, grace, and gift given to you will remain hidden. Will never come out. Will never emerge. Will never mature. Will never develop. Amen? So when you discover the grace and gift, you will know what God has called you to do. The other thing about walking with God is that sometimes grace also has seasons. Meaning there's a grace that God gives you for a season of life. And after that, the grace wanes. It's an indication saying, time's up boy, change. But as long as there is grace on your life for a certain thing, keep doing it. Amen? So many people ask me, how are you able to do ministry and business together? My first answer is, it's the grace of God. If it wasn't for the grace, I wouldn't be able to handle both. And I also have enough understanding that when I see that this grace wanes, and I'm no longer able to handle both, it's God's sign to me saying, okay, make the shift. But as long as there is grace, I can do both. It may tire others, but it doesn't tire me. There is grace to do it. It's an indication that I can go down this path safely because of His grace. Amen? Grace and gift. Number five is recognize God's leading, the leading of God's Spirit. So now, the leading of the Holy Spirit is very, very different from the stirring within. And we must all learn how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Your human spirit has five senses just like your body has five senses. And the Holy Spirit speaks through these five senses of your spirit and communicates to you. Your human spirit can see. So the Holy Spirit gives you pictures. We call it visions. But they're really pictures. The Spirit of God is giving to you in your spirit. Your human spirit can hear. And so the Holy Spirit releases words, information to your spirit. Your human spirit can so the Holy Spirit gives impressions of joy and peace or, or, or uneasiness. These are impressions of the Holy Spirit coming to you in your spirit. And we must learn to he- listen to how the Spirit of God is speaking to us in our spirit. And the Spirit of God speaks to us independent of what's happening outside. The stirring within you is as a result of because what you're going through or what you feel or experience outside. But the witness of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit is independent of that. And He will speak to you in your spirit. And you need to follow. Obey. Huge things can happen by a simple word from the Spirit of God. If you can hear His voice. Amen? Huge things can take place. I remember, I think it was 2006. In a time of prayer. I was just praying one day and then I just felt the Lord saying, Focus on health care. Develop expertise in health care. Make this your primary focus. At that time in the business, we were working in all kinds of different projects. But from that time, very purposefully, we began to shift and focus on health care. Develop expertise in that. And so today, as a company, we're just doing exclusively work in healthcare, And we're doing pretty good. Just have a lot of domain expertise in that area. Why? It began from a word from God. During a time of prayer. To make that change And today God just blessed us in that area So a word from God can can mean huge things in your life And God is interested in every area of your life So listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit Number six, indicator of what God wants you to do Recognize the circumstances What are the circumstances telling you? There are times when God wants you to move into a certain way And He'll open the door for you Move in there are times when God doesn't want you to move. He closes the door. So you say, no, okay. The door is closed. Let me not worry about it. But pay attention to your circumstances. Because God orchestrates your circumstances and mind. We must recognize it and move in. However, a word of caution when it comes to circumstances. We must also be aware that the devil can also play havoc with our circumstances. Amen. Even the devil can do things. So... The devil can open up doors So we walk through and get distracted Or the door that God opens The devil can try to obstruct and close So not every open door is an invitation from God Not every closed door is God saying no So while we must be aware of what our circumstances are telling us We got to look beyond that and say Who is behind it? What are the other indicators telling me? You've got to match up with the other indicators. Right? So recognize your circumstances. God can speak to you through your circumstances. But be careful. Don't just go blindly. Ponder about it. Number seven. Recognize godly counsel and wisdom. Another important thing that God will use in our lives is the counsel and wisdom given to us from godly people. Listen to them. I emphasize the word godly counsel. And I don't go and talk to your peer and say, what should I do? And he's going to tell you what you want to hear. But you listen to godly people. People who are more mature than you. God can use them to speak into your life. And help you choose the right path. And help you understand. They can help clarify the purpose of God. So get godly counsel. Godly counsel can be given to you based on the word of God. It can come to you based on experience. It can come to you based on a prophetic word but get godly counsel from people, from godly people, because they can speak into your life and reveal or help you discover the purpose of God. Number eight, on page 28, is this, recognize times and seasons. Recognize times and seasons. God is the God who works according to times and seasons. He doesn't work arbitrarily. He doesn't work randomly. He's got a timing for things for your life and mine. And we must learn to recognize God's time and season Now one thing about God is this Very often He will speak to us well ahead of time about things In order that we can prepare for it The mistake many of us make is the moment God speaks to us we want to jump and do it And then we get in trouble By the time I was about 15 years old, 14, 15 years old I knew God wanted me to raise up a strong local church in the city of Bangalore and affect the nation of India. I knew it. It was part of my life dream. I knew it. Sold out for it. By the time I was 15. But then, I did not understand that God had a timing. God has timing. A right time. When He will let you step out into that dream. And so I gave my parents huge problems. My dad is sitting here, he'll tell you. I, when I finished my 10th standard, I said, Okay, I know what I want to do in life. I figured it all out. I'm ready. So I don't need to study anymore. Because I'm going to preach. I'm going to raise up a big church. And affect the nation. Didn't want to study. I said, I'm not going to 11th standard. Serious. I was studying in Bishop Cotton's. I refused to apply for 11th standard. But then God spoke. He spoke to through. Through two ways One was through closed doors I applied to I think one or two Bible colleges And they they replied saying You need to have at least twelfth (laughs) pass." So the door was closed That door was closed I couldn't go to Bible college The second thing my dad did was We were part of a Methodist church at that time So he took me to two elderly godly people In the Methodist church Separately But both of them said the same thing They didn't discuss this. But both said the same thing. Both of them said, Jesus started his ministry when he was 30 years of age. Why are you in such a hurry? (laughs) So God was speaking, and I had to listen. So, I went into my 11th and 12th, finished that, did my engineering, went up, did my masters, etc. But, throughout that entire period, in my heart, was this thing was burning i am going to raise up a strong church in the city of bangalore i am going to affect india so for the next 16 years i was carrying it in my heart but it was burning i lived 10 years in the us i remember so many times i would be in the churches there raising hands worshiping god but before me it was a vision of india god i want india Burning in my heart Could never go away And then after 16 years God said time to go back Or thereabouts Came back And December 2000 We moved back to India Um, 2001 beginning out of the church So God spoke But there's a timing Amen Here's another example When I was about 18 or so when I started engineering college There was another part of the dream Another part that really captured my heart I was reading the Bible Reading all these wonderful things about the wisdom of God And how God works and this and that and all And so a second thing that gripped my heart God, all this is nice stuff in the Bible But you got to apply it somewhere And for me, the thing that captured my heart was in business I want to start a Christian company meaning a, a, a company where I can take all these things and apply it so by the time when I was 18 inside me another dream captured my heart God someday I want to start a, a, a Christian business and company and I should draw my own logo have my own name and you know just dream 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 about a business so Went through engineering college, went, studied abroad. I thought i will study there for two years, ended up spending ten years there. But throughout those ten years, and I started working, worked for two two companies there in the U.S. While working, inside me, I was so restless. Because here was the second dream. They were twins, you know. (laughs) I was pregnant with twins. The second baby was business. I was working for others. I'd be just observing everything. How are they running this business? How are they doing? What are they doing? What are the managers doing? How, are they doing? how is this organized? Just studying everything. And I was reading you know, magazine after magazine, Fortune and Inc. magazines, just reading, 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 because God, inside me there's a dream. I, one day I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to start. I didn't know how, but it was inside me. Many times I wanted to incorporate in the US. I went and got got all the manuals, got all the paperwork ready. I wanted to incorporate a company in the US, start my own company. But then said, no, 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 I have to go back to India, I can't do it. So I'll stop, won't do it. Then finally, 2000, when it was time for us to move back to India. We were in Chicago at that time, I was working for an employer there. And about eight months, six to eight months before we would move back, we planned to move back in January 2001. We did move back in December 2000, a month earlier. About eight months before we made the move, I told my boss, I was leading a project, heading up a project. So I told them, I said, see, in December of this year, I am relocating to India. I won't be able to work for you anymore, so you need to find a replacement for me to continue this work. Uh, I gave them, you know, six to eight months advance notice. Time went by. December came. They hadn't put anybody, found anybody to take over. And, uh, and so in December, days before I was leaving Chicago to India... The company I was working for said, can you work for us from India? And I I said, see, I don't know. I'll go back to India. I'd already scheduled appointments before moving back. I was praying, said, God, what do you want me to do when I go back to India? We know we're going to start the church, but what should I do? Uh, And I felt led by God to continue in business. So I scheduled appointments at IBM and Siemens and Philips, I guess. And all the appointments were already set up. So my plan was to come back here, do the appointments, take a job, work, start the church. And that was the plan. But days before us moving back, the company says, can you work for us from India? And I wasn't sure. I said, I'll let you know once I go back. So we moved back in December 2000, moved back to India. I did go for, I think, at least two or three interviews. But this option was there, prayed and said, you know, I'm going to take this option. I can earn a lot more money doing that. So in January 2001, the twins were born. Without my asking, without even my figuring out, a company was born, New Christian Information Technologies. I had only one employee, but it was born. <laughs> Just me working from home. But it was a legitimate company. So like a dream coming out after about 13 years. It's a long-term pregnancy there. <laughs> Carrying those dreams in my heart. And after 13 years, God births it. And soon we moved from the bedroom to the garage. We had our four employees from the garage moved to the place where we are now and, and so on. It's, it's been just an amazing journey. But the point is, is God has a time and when He unfolds His plans. And we need, once you get that life dream carried in your heart, prepare yourself for it. Because the time will come and God will unfold and release you. To walk in that dream. The last thing that I want to talk about here in understanding God's purpose is 2.9, page 30. Recognize God's pattern of working. You know, in the Bible, you find many, many patterns. God works according to patterns. That means repetitive things, things that He does recursively, keeps on doing it, repeats it. So recognize God's pattern of working in your life. How is God working in your life? Recognize certain patterns. Some of these patterns can have to do with timings. Maybe every five years God does something. Every ten years God does something. Some of those patterns could have to do with the way things uh, come together. When you see certain situations coming together, you recognize God is about to do something. So watchfully uh, watch for these patterns of working in your personal life. It's very subjective, but it's something that I found useful in helping me determine what God wants me to do. Right? So I've shared with you nine guideposts or signposts this morning on how you can determine God's plan and purpose for your life here's what I want you to do after I leave all of you remain seated and just joking (laughs) when you go home think about these nine things maybe you may may want to write them down go through this list of nine things and you begin looking at your own life God's Word what are things from God's Word that have been speaking to me seeds have there been seeds that God has put in my life maybe I haven't noticed them. I haven't paid attention to them in the past. But now I'm going to pause and look at these seeds. All these special opportunities that God has put in my life, etc. What are, what is the stirring? What are the things that stir you really in this world? Put them down. What are the things, what were the areas of grace and gift God's given you? What is the leading of the Spirit? Has it been time when God has spoken to you through a prophetic word? Through an impression inside you? Dreams that you've had? Think through on it. And then as you go through these nine things, let a picture emerge and you begin to get a sense of this is what I must be doing. It may not be absolutely clear, but it's like the beginning of day. You get a sense. And then you pray and say, God, this is what I sense, I feel that you're calling me to do. Now, develop a plan. Maybe a one-year plan, a two-year plan, a five-year plan, a ten-year. Or what you want to do to get into that. And work towards it. Amen. Here's what I have done for my life. For the next 40 years of my life. For every 10 years. I have set a main theme. This is what I believe God wants me to do. In the next. Each of those four decades. Up ahead. And then specific things that I need to accomplish. In each of those four decades. And now my part is. To prepare. To fulfill. Each of those four Things in those four decades So, have written it out I'm not saying that everything's going to work out exactly that way But I have a life dream I'm living out according to a life plan And then God Is always free To make changes, alterations And guide me into that Amen I want to encourage all of us Let's live for God's purpose That's where you'll have your highest satisfaction That is where you'll receive You'll find greatest fulfillment. And you live for His purpose for your life. I want to encourage each one of us here this morning. First of all, embrace the fact that God has a plan for your life. He's got a dream for you. Maybe you never thought about it till now. But this morning, you got to leave this place saying, you know, God made me for a purpose. He has a dream for my life. He didn't just... Throw me here on this earth and said, figure life out for yourself. No. And for the rest of your life, don't worry about what's gone already. We can't change the past. But for whatever is up ahead, for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years of your life up ahead, this morning, I want you to purpose in your heart saying, God, I want to live for your dream, your purpose, the rest of my life. I can't do anything about the past that's behind me. But at least the future, God, I want to live it for your purpose. And then you pray and say, God, help me discover this purpose. I want to learn. And even I'm still learning. I'm still praying about things. I'm so open to God's guidance and direction about things. I haven't figured it all out. We discover it step by step. It's a journey, it's a great adventure. With God. So I want you to pray and say, God, help me discover this your dream for my life. Get serious about this, get purposeful about this. And then, if you are able later on, develop a plan on how we're going to fulfill that dream, how we're we going to get into it. The Holy Spirit will help you develop a plan. Father, we just pray that each one here, God, will live for a heavenly purpose. For the purpose you designed us for. I pray to grip every heart here, God, that we will determine to live for a heavenly purpose. And Lord, I pray grace in each of our lives that we will understand, discover that plan, that purpose that you have for us, that we will journey into it and fulfill it here on earth. May each one fulfill, God, your plan, your purpose for our lives, we pray. Does anyone here, you've never opened up your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe you've come to church this is the first time or you've been here for a few times, but you never received Jesus into your heart. Ask the Lord of your life as the one who forgives your sins and you never placed your life in His hands and said, Lord, I want to follow you. If you've never been born again, you've never done that. I want to invite you to do it right now. Just pray a simple prayer with me. Embracing Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. If you've never done this before, just say this prayer with me Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins, Lord. I want to live for your plan and your purpose. I give my life to you. From this day, I want to follow you, Jesus. And I do this, I make this prayer, in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org or additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.